0: Hi out there. I'm Pat Pauly, and I'd like to welcome you to my show, Art Beat Northwest. Each week, we interview someone from the visual arts or the performing arts, and we talk about goings-on in the local art scene. And this week, Larry Culkins, painter, sculptor, photographer, puppet maker, collage maker, jewelry maker, and many other, mm-hmm. yes, many other talents, and teacher is here. Welcome to the show, Larry.
1: Thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Well, we're so happy you could come in and talk with us today. But before we get started, let's talk about some local art openings coming up. Now, there is a new space in Seattle, which is really wonderful. It's called Arts at King Street Station, and it's a huge area on the third floor of King Street Station that has been totally remodeled and is just a wonderful gallery space and just devoted to art and artists. And their first exhibit, is their opening show, is a Native American art show titled Yahoot. And uh, that opens on March 23rd. This is coming up soon. And, um, It's free. You can go free uh, and see this wonderful exhibit, and it will be on until August 3rd. So you have the summer to get in there, but we all need to go in and see that wonderful space. And the exhibit, Yahoot, uh, kind of emphasizes that uh, the indigenous culture is still here. We're still here. We are living artists. We're not part of history, just something of the past. And that's what they really want you to know in this exhibit. And then opening March 7th at Harris Harvey Gallery, uh, a new show uh, with Richard Morehouse. Uh, And Richard Morehouse is kind of a, he uses lots of color. He's kind of an impressionistic type uh, painter. He's been here in Seattle for years. And I actually have two of his paintings one of which was in a book on Northwest Landscape. So I really do like his paintings, and it would I know it's going to be a great show. Uh, he's ever-inventive and experimental with his art, and uh, this will be on only until March 30th, so be sure to get in and see that. We'll be back shortly talking with Larry Calkins about his many facets of art from new exhibitions to community events bellevue arts museum is always new always different and always exciting through march 24th see dylan new omnia new is a contemporary artist working with light space and interactive technologies the exhibition traces a metaphorical life cycle from the cosmic to the personal including work in video performance sculpture and neon the museum's fifth Biennial, BAM Biennial 2018, BAM Glass-Tastic, will be on view from November 9th through April 14th. This juried exhibition showcases the best work in glass from 48 established and emerging Northwest artists, craftspeople, and designers. For more information, visit bellevuearts.org.
1: Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web.
0: Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Larry Calkins is here talking about his many kinds of art. And, Larry, your art is very distinctive, and people love it. Why don't you talk a little bit about your style and what you do?
1: Well, I work in a lot of different mediums. Um, um, however, there's a thread that runs through it all. And um, so I work in... in um, Oftentimes encaustic, which is a uh, painting with uh, beeswax. Uh, it's a class that I teach a lot. Um, also work from a kind of uh, family history and sort of um, allegory. Um, I tend to um, work with things that are around me, just things that I see every day, and I just reinterpret that into, uh, into my work.
0: So how does that tie in with where you grew up and uh, what you're affected by. Does that tie into your art now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I come from a, a, a small community, uh, in Oregon called Harlan, which is on the, uh, on the coast range, uh, between Newport and Corvallis, central coast. And, uh, it's sort of a isolated little community, um, very, um, beautiful and, uh, and, um, somewhat lonely, but, um, there's a lot of things to, to, to be inspired by, and including the, the people that I grew up with, uh, which I think are very interesting people, um, very um, honest, down-to-earth, good, hardworking people that I really admire.
0: So how did you become interested in art in that isolated area?
1: I, I, I was always interested in drawing and painting uh, just because of grade school and high school. I remember being introduced to um, to uh, drawing when I was a kid, and um, just sort of always did it. Uh, in, uh, when I went to high school, I, uh, I got very interested in photography, um, and I took a lot of ph- photography classes, and did a lot of um, work in a dark room, and uh, thought that would be my, my career, and it, and it was for several years. I worked as a photographer, and, and I worked at a place in Seattle called I V C Seawright, which was a professional lab doing uh, printing for advertising and historical, um, Boeing archives and Washington Historical Society and that sort of work, which I really enjoyed.
0: So you kind of channeled your art into photography for a time, and then you spent some time in London. How did that influence
1: your art? So when I moved to London, it was in the um, 70s. I um, was my first wife. And um, we lived in pretty much, you know, we lived pretty cheaply because, um, you know, neither one of us had jobs at the time. So I had a lot of time on my hands wandering around the streets uh, of London and going to all the museums. And it was probably my most uh, fertile time to learn. Uh, I th- I think I learned more about art in in that year than I learned... Sense it was it was an amazing experience.
0: So you saw a lot of arts in the museums, or yeah, were, did you have the opportunity to do art when you were there?
1: I did. I, I did a lot of um, paper, paper cutting, and that sort of thing. A lot of photography, um, and um, and some drawing. Of course, I always kept a, a journal. In fact, I still have all my old journals from those times.
0: And. Larry does wonderful, um, I don't, I, you, there's a certain name I want to put on your art. What would you say, though? It sort of reminds everybody of something in their past.
1: I, th- I think my work is sort of about familiarity. So I think what people see in my work is something that reminds them of something that they've seen before, even though they haven't, but as a certain sort of comfort um, that it gives them maybe, I don't know. Um, I know, I, I, hear that a lot.
0: I know. I saw your mask recently in, uh, a show at Kirkland Art Center, Bodies of Work and all of these, uh, very, uh, primitive looking, you, it's there's a certain primitive quality to yeah. your work. Uh, they looked like people I might have known, you know, they had this familiarity, you know, that, uh, I don't see in other art, you know.
1: Thanks. I, I think, you know, it, the trick is, is, is nuance. It's sometimes, you know, just a certain expression or a certain gaze. Um, I, I, I really look for that. It, it comes from, I think it comes from being observant. I come from a family of very, um, very astute observers. And uh, we, we do a lot of staring at people, you know, growing <laughs> up. Um, because, you know, if you grow up in the country, we don't, really didn't have a lot of interaction with a lot of people, just neighbors. And so, so you tended to study people a lot more, and, and that hasn't changed. I still love to watch people and study the way they walk, for an example, uh, hand gestures, whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm really into uh, watching people.
0: Now, you just returned from... Mexico. Where were you in Mexico, and what were you doing there?
1: So I, yeah, Mexico was fantastic. I was in a place called Chacala, which is just north of Puerto Vallarta, about fifty miles on the on the on the ocean near a jungle. Um, I was teaching a sketchbook class, and journaling and sketchbook, uh, and then combining that with uh, printmaking with uh, with my friend. Um, Miguel Perez, who's an amazing print teacher, and we were working out of his studio. Um, so the class was, instead of just buying a sketchbook, and uh, what we did was we had to make our own sketchbooks and then fill them. So and you sewed them together, right? We sewed them, yeah, cut the amazing. paper. It was great. <laughs> and and uh, you could make them as thick as you wanted that way, and then it, people wouldn't be so intimidated by all those blank pages. Oh, there so was,
0: did some people make really thick ones?
1: <laughs> uh, mostly they were pretty thin, but the whole idea was that you know each day they could even make one sketchbook and fill it, and then oh, the next okay. day start again. So oh, okay. some people did that. Some people made one person made I think about fifteen sketchbooks. So.
0: So now were you sketching the local area and the people, or? Yeah,
1: <clears throat> more or less. I mean that was I. I had a I gave a handout for everybody with a bunch of ideas and what to look for. The whole idea was just sort of t- to teach people to, uh, to notice and to, and like I always say, uh, notice what you notice. And, and I think it was really, people really did that just walking around and just kind of drawing down what, what they felt, not only what they saw, but what they felt. Mm-hmm. And, th- and this was, uh, this was through, uh, Pratt, um, where I teach Pratt in Seattle. And, um, we do this every year. This was my third year.
0: And you're doing it again next year. Next then.
1: year, yep. So you have
0: to sign up early because I tried to sign up for it and it was full.
1: It fills very <laughs> fast. There's only like I think seven or eight people, so
0: Ah. Well that's nice though. Because it's, perfect. it's really nice not to have a huge class and you kinda lose the influence of the
1: teacher. It's really yeah, it's really important. And then we all stayed in the same hotel, so we got to see each other every day and and um, it was an amazing experience. I recommend it.
0: So you you have all these uh, students that love you besides people that love your art. What 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 is your teaching style? What what is so? Uh, uh, what's your philosophy?
1: M- my approach to teaching is is not to have people make what I make, but to enhance what they make. So m- my whole approach is is to really f- help people find their own language and, and, and expand on it. Uh, you know, I think that's really important. Um, that's pretty much what I want to do. I, I want people to just to be better and, and uh, more fully realized of uh, what they're doing, you know, what their work is.
0: I know, Larry, when I took your class, I took his um, class at Kirkland Art Center. And I noticed that he, he would give you all these different techniques you could use, but he kind of wanted you to express your own ideas And I think that's really appreciated by people.
1: I think people, it's just, it it works for me. You know, I mean, everybody's got a different style, but I find that to be the most, um, the most exciting and the most interesting. I I get to see what, how people think that way. And so I get to learn as well. I mean, I think half of, I think the important thing about teaching for me is to, you know, that you learn something as well, that the instructor also gets to learn. And, um, that's always been my approach.
0: And you said that sometimes you just teach the same thing you're working on, yeah. which is great, you know, because obviously, you know, it's something that you think is important.
1: I know some of my friends at Pratt were saying that that's, I do that, like I teach whatever I'm working on at the time. And that, that is sort of true. I mean, but I do kind of I mean, I do have a few things that I kind of come back to regularly in my work as, as well as my teaching
0: now let's as long as we're talking about teaching uh, let's talk about what's ahead as far as your classes go. Um, what is ahead
1: so well every every uh, Friday, I teach uh, in collage at um, at Kirkland Art Center that's an ongoing class that's been going for for quite a few years now
0: and th- and that one is really hard to get into
1: <laughs> that one's fills pretty fast
0: <laughs> yeah so if you want to do it you need to sign up now mm-hmm. and i took that one i just loved it so it's um anyway maybe you'll have to have two classes yeah. next year yeah. <laughs> and then you won't have enough time to do your arm, that's literally. true
1: yeah trying to balance it all
0: <laughs> and then what else do you have
1: so on? i have um i will be doing a um a miniatures an encaustic miniatures class which is something I, I'm sort of known for, uh, in the Northwest, um, working with encaustic. And this is like making very tiny encaustic paintings using something called a pen tool where you dip it into wax. It's a hot tool that you dip into wax and you paint with. And, um, that one is coming up in, I believe in a month, but you, you, you should check, uh, pratt.org for, for details on that. Um.
0: So why do people like this encaustic so well? I see them working in it kind of, it's kind of hot wax. And it doesn't look all that, you know, but the results look really good.
1: Yeah, I think what happens, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think people like it because it's natural and maybe because of the depth that it, that it brings forth. You can sort of look into an encaustic wax painting and you can sort of, like you're looking into something. And, um, I don't know, it, I started teaching it several years ago, uh, before encaustic became the rage and, um, suddenly it became very popular and there were waiting lists and, and, uh, people could not get into my classes because they were always full. And since then it's sort of died down a little bit. Also, a lot of my students are teaching it now.
0: Oh, so, okay. so it's really getting popular. Really. Yeah, very.
1: Yeah. It's a <laughs> Northwest thing for sure.
0: And but this is a really old technique didn't haven't they found some of these encaustics that like the backing would be rotting off from 3000 years ago or something The encaustic was picture yeah. was still perfect
1: it's an amazing uh, enduring material it, it uh, nothing other than extreme heat nothing really um, affects it you know bacteria fingerprints oils nothing it's it's uh, incredibly durable
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, also, if you wanted to take that miniature course, this is what I'm thinking, is they have, I saw at least two shows of miniature paintings that you could enter. So if you've wanted to do some miniature paintings and then have a goal of, oh, I think I'll enter it in this, you know, exhibit. And so what if you get rejected? You know, I mean, you, you haven't done try. it that long, but, you know. You may as well try it. It's usually only like 10 or $20 entry fee. You're not losing a lot. Right. You know?
1: so, no, I mean,
0: so I thought, oh, I think I'm going to do that. You so, should, yeah. You know, so if any of your listeners want to do that, I'll probably see you there. Okay. Because, um, that sounds because great. I, I've, you know, something, it's kind of been in the back of my mind. I can't, you know, I don't know if I could do a big picture, but maybe I could do a
1: little bit. Sure. I, I, was, I was mentioning earlier that it's sort of like embroidery. You know, it's just very detailed work, the way I do it, the way I teach it. And um, it has a certain charm that, that, that's really hard to describe unless you actually try it. Um, I recommend it. It's, it's pretty much all I do anymore uh, in, in the form of encaustic painting. I just work very s- usually small. Oftentimes on oh, little really? little block pieces. Uh-huh. Uh I just basically s- paint several little blocks and I put them in a box, and the bo- the blocks are um, multi sided, so you can sort of change the narrative of the painting by changing the you know turning the blocks over. Oh. Sort of like an old nineteenth uh, century block puzzle game. Oh. Yeah.
0: So we got a lot of uh, different ways you can handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's already time for a break. Uh, we're here talking with Larry Calkins, artist, uh, educator, uh, artist in every way. And we'll be back with more shortly on Artbeat Northwest. Support for Artbeat Northwest with Pat Polly comes from Pratt Fine Arts Center, offering year-round classes for youth, teens, and adults. Located in the central area, Pratt is the only facility in the Northwest where absolute beginners and established professional artists work side by side, creating art in glass, metal, stone, and wood sculpture, jewelry and metal smithing, painting, drawing, printmaking, and mixed media. Learn more and register for classes at Pratt.org.
1: Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound.
0: Welcome back to Art Beat Northwest. Larry Hawkins is here talking about his many kinds of art. And uh, Larry, you have, with your style, you kind of make things always look like they've been around forever. They have this antique. How do
1: you do that? Um, I usually use, you know, my colors are somewhat subdued to begin with. Um, I like sort of the colors of the Northwest. That's what I know. Um, But I use different materials, um, tea staining and dirt and mud and things that are actually of the earth um, because that's what I'm interested in. So the materials play an important role just for the metaphor of of what I'm working on as well.
0: And I remember you going through your pages of your book and just kind of uh, making them... Giving them a texture of a different type uh, before you even got started on the art. You, do you do that often? I, I do
1: that Almost all of my sketchbooks. I always kind of try to wreck the sketchbook before I even begin, so I don't ha- wreck. <laughs> so i'm not I'm not intimidated by it. Uh, one of the right. worst things I think for any artist or you know or a writer too, is the blank page, and especially the pristine oh, yeah. white page, which is, So beautiful just as it is, like, you know, it's all downhill from there. So I always, (laughs) I always try to mess it up. So I'm drawing like, it's more like doing graffiti that way, I guess, like drawing on a, on a beautiful wall.
0: That's very interesting. Mm -hmm. And do you like the idea of using recycled materials in your art?
1: Yeah. um, I try to use um, a lot of recycled papers. We're always looking for interesting papers when we go to the thrift store. My wife, Sabina, f- always finds really wonderful um, papers at the, at the Maple Valley thrift store, uh, Goodwill. And, um, and so, in fact, my latest group of sketchbooks that I've been making are from there. And, and um, it's really beautiful paper. The sad thing is when you run out, you can't replace it. But, oh, that's, that's right. That's okay, yeah. Well,
0: but, you know, you don't want to make too many of the same type of thing in That's true. I don't it anyway. It yeah. helps your creativity not to have those available.
1: True. Limitations can be actually doorways to bigger ideas.
0: Now, how about your sculpture? Uh, where do you get all of your ideas for sculpture? Talk about your sculpture a little bit because it's very whimsical and fun.
1: So a lot of my, well, I'm probably known for uh, these dress sculptures. Um, I I show a lot of those at um, different galleries across the U.S., Um, notably at um, Seattle Art Museum Gallery. I show a lot of my dress pieces there. Um, Oh, really? And um, that all started when I was just trying to think of people that I grew up with, Um, thinking of my mom and and also uh, pioneers that came across on wagon trains and how— the women were such a strong um influence in my life and and they have a real matriarchal structure in Harlem where I grew up. There was always a very strong woman, my grandmother, who all the people in the community kind of went to for advice and and so I was just sort of trying to make play homage to, to those kind of women and those kind of people. So that's where a lot of my dress sculptures come from, for an example.
0: And those have been very popular with people. They sort of identify with it or identify with someone like that.
1: Sometimes uh, people have emotional responses to them, which is really interesting to me. Um, I think it, it makes them, and it just reminds them of something. that I can't even explain what, but, but definitely they do have some kind of an emotional response and they do give people something, I don't know.
0: Now, how about your puppets? Because you've given classes in puppetry or uh, making puppets.
1: Making them, making dolls, making figures. Um, I'm very interested in that. Also, something that, that um, you know, I try to make them look like things that that are familiar. And, um, you know, dolls especially have a very strong presence in people's memory and... and uh, ideas of of the past maybe um plus i like the idea of, of bringing them to life in puppetry when you start moving a puppet around it suddenly becomes this living thing and i find that very interesting um
0: and with the way you make them they already have a lot of personality
1: they have right? a lot of personality <laughs> yeah <laughs> sometimes scary maybe but <laughs> always interesting never boring i hope <laughs> yeah
0: now, where are you showing your work right now? I know you have New York Gallery.
1: I show in uh, in New York, I show at American Primitive. In uh, Seattle, I show at uh, IMA Gallery. In uh, uh, Provincetown, Massachusetts, I show at Rice Pollock Gallery. And Atlanta, I show at um, Mason Gallery. And, um, and then at the uh, Seattle Art Museum Gallery as well.
0: So you have um, a lot of different places where people really like your art. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to go on his website and look at his, not only look at his art, but look at all of it. He's sold (laughs) It's so, Yeah, I mean, you you are hugely productive. How do you stay so productive? I mean, is this a Zen-like experience for you? Or how do you accomplish what you do?
1: It's just work. You know, I, I don't watch television, for one thing. Um, that helps. Um, I'd probably be more productive if I stayed off the Internet. But but for the most part, I um, I just work every day. You know, I think about it every day. If I'm not working, I'm thinking about it. Um, I, I have a sketchbook. I write a lot. All those things just sort of, it's just um, a practice more than anything else. I think anybody can do it
0: but it no anybody doesn't do it no, so when you get an idea you kind of write it down
1: it's really important to do that that's why sketchbooks are so great if you have an idea when you write it down you lay claim to it and you may not get to it for a couple of years even but but that that idea is yours at that point if you don't if you don't write it down it's going to be lost forever and somebody else will do it you know
0: i think that's such a good tip for an artist it's, yeah
1: I'll take that to heart myself. Do it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but we are already running out of time. <laughs> Thank you so much, Larry, for being on the show.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: Now, could you give your website so listeners can really see your art?
1: Yes. Um, it is www.CalkinsArt.net. And I think in also uh, CalkinsArt.com works as well. but Okay. But... Um,
0: and it's C-A-L-K-I-N-S. A-R-T. Art. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, t- yeah, take a look at all of Larry's work. It's pretty amazing. And be sure to listen in every week at 5 p.m. for RB Northwest for news and views of the local art scene. I'm Pat Polly, your host, signing off on Alternative Talk 1150. Have a great, creative week.